you know, when you're 15 and 16, you might find yourself not telling the truth or the full truth to your parents. And that's a very compromising position because, um, you know, the truth is very important. But at the end of the day, you might have to choose between the truth and your freedom as, as a young man under 18. Right. So sometimes there's compromises that could damage a relationship and only afterward maybe you can repair it once you're adults and we all can be responsible for ourselves rather than one another. Um, here I am. Man, we could have done some ground rules to start the interview. We could have had all kinds of stories. Oh, that's not such a bad one. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> Maybe you should have been focused on getting me out into the outdoors. Maybe I wouldn't have been busy partying indoors. coming back or just finished my last I'm just actually starting the car here just uh, got out of my last infusion iron infusion for for uh, this series and uh, that's it tomorrow I head out on the road if you are out on the road please I'm begging you I am pleading with you. I'm I'm down on my knees. Come, come, come and see me and my partner Serengeti, who is touring with me on on the road. Okay, Cleveland, May fifth, Beachland Tavern, May sixth, Rochester. New York at the Bug Jar. I should probably pull these dates up so that I don't mess one up, but I'm pretty sure May 7th is Hamden, Connecticut at the Space. May 8th would be then, I believe, up in Portland, Maine at Space Gallery. You see there, that theme. And that would make May 9th be the Columbus Theater in Providence RI, Rhode Island, and May 10th, my brother's birthday, be Brooklyn, New York, New York City, at the Knit, at the Knitting Factory, which would make May 11th my one day off, where I have a doctor's appointment in New York uh, with this uh, supposedly pretty good integrative guy, natural guy. Then May 11th, we got uh, Philadelphia, PA, at, oh man, I forget the name of the place. You'll have to look it up. So it's like a gallery, some kind of gallery space. Uh, May 12th is Pittsburgh at Roboto, Dr. Roboto or Mr. Roboto, something like that at, in Pittsburgh. May 13th then, wait, am I, do I got my dates right? So May, t- what did I say? Yeah, May 12th, Philly, May 13th, Pittsburgh, May 14th, Columbus, Ohio, at uh, a spot called Double Happiness, which sounds wonderful. It's like a like a John Lennon Yoko Ono record. Um, and then we go to Detroit after that at Mo- Mocad, Mocad, M O C A D, 
that's on the uh, 15th, right? Did I get my dates right? And then the 16th is Cincinnati, okay, at at the um, uh, Woodward Theater. Sorry if that was kind of slowly said, all those things. Uh, a lot to remember, but that all came from my head. I didn't read that out of nothing. That shows that I'm not, I'm not Alzheimer's yet, or hopefully ever. Um, I still got a bit of a memory there. So, yeah, come and see us on on those tours. So, just got out of this Iron Infusion. It's it's at a place that's like a chemo place, you know, which is kind of sad. And I, I I was very sort of scared. I have fears about cancer and stuff. Uh, based, I don't know, you know, where they came from. I'm just illness is scary, I suppose in general, but I don't know, for me, more fears and phobias surrounding that, and and medical stuff, and hospitals, scary stuff to me, always has been, not always maybe, but definitely since I was a a, um, preteen kid, uh, for some reasons I won't go into, but then, then, uh, yeah, I, I start seeing everyone in there, and really, everyone starts to look like your mom or your dad, like when, and, and, um, people lose their ethnicity. I find when when you get when they get old, um, everyone kind of looks the same in a way. Um, sort of shriveled and bald and all that. And I just watched this lady get like an IV and get she's getting blood test. And I like watch the needle go in. I don't really I don't watch it on myself because I, I I don't know why, but I just I look away. Um, but. I watched it go in her arm very intimately, and she was about, I don't know, maybe 70, and I just saw her as my mom. I mean, she, 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 was, she looked worse off than my mom. My mom looks pretty good, but I don't know, gray-haired lady, and, you know, just kind of saw her like that and really felt a, really felt a love for her, um, and they kept calling her sister, and she looked real familiar. I think she might have been like a nun on TV or something like that, like local TV or something. She looked very familiar, maybe from like, you know, flipping the channels late at night as a child, uh, you know, looking for babes in, in bikinis on Star Search or something and ending up on some, some old nun preaching. But I'm not sure that that was her. I can't guarantee that. It's been a while, you guys, since uh, since I've, I've brought these podcasts to you, I know, and I know some of you have been asking me about it, uh, a good amount of you, and I appreciate that, I really do, I appreciate that you've been missing me as much as I've been missing you, but it was time after 100 episodes to relax a little bit and not stress about these every week and try to focus on some other things in my life. Uh, I have several projects going on, music projects that I've been working on, um, as well as other stuff. So I hope that's uh, not been too much of an inconvenience for you, but uh, it's it's been what I had to do for my life. Now, I'm back today, and I'll be back hopefully next week, if not the week after. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll have them coming sporadically when they come, okay? Which is what she said to him, or what he said to her really, more accurately, Um, but on the podcast today uh, is a guy that I went to junior high with, and then to high school with, Austin Bargy, 
and I allude to a story that I told back in the day about going over to uh, our friend Buster's house when I was in middle school and how they fucked with me. Uh, Buster's dad fucked with me about uh, being like a, a, a an abusive father. That was pretty funny. Uh, so we allude to that. But that's an episode. I think that's like the Christmas episode from like 2012 or something like that. Or thir- maybe I didn't even start the episode. 2013, I suppose, I, that was. Um, man, what else to talk about? And last week at my infusion, I saw this old guy. Um, he was walking out, and he had this swagger. You know, he must have been 85 or something like that. But he had this swagger like he was in his youth uh, an athlete of some kind. You know, he had, you know how they, they'll like, they have a certain like, commitment to their stride they have a certain understanding and 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 um occupation of their body uh, athletes do and they don't question it you know i tend to question it i i i do my yoga and my martial arts but i'm i'm not a born athlete type guy so for me it's always like a uh you know i'm always wondering if i'm holding my structure correctly he was one of those guys that didn't really, you could tell, he wasn't thinking about it. He just was doing, and, and you know, and, and he was a little hunched or whatever, but he was a big galoot. I mean, this guy must have been, you know, 6'3 or so, and, and just a big guy. Probably was taller when he was younger. And I saw him, and for some reason, I was in a mood, and it was my birthday that day. I saw him as my kid as my son because I realized that if I have a son ever which I'd love to but I'd love daughters more in a weird way uh, not a weird way but just somehow that seems appealing to to raise someone of the opposite sex for me a new experience but I'd love a son as well um it just struck me that that if I do have a son ever, you know, I, I got I have well I'll have to have a son with a big a big lady. I'm a pretty, fairly small guy. I'm five seven, and uh, not slight, but but you know, pretty pretty not a huge guy, and yeah. So I'll have to make love with a, a very large woman to produce progeny as such, but. If I did, that at some point he will be, God willing, you know, an 80-something-year-old man. God willing, not walking out of the chemo place. But if he were, that could have been him. And I don't know. I just had that feeling. And it was a feeling of pride. I had pride for this guy that I don't know who might have played some high school basketball in the 40s. Um... We don't know. All the facts are not in about that. Uh, we could do some research, some digging into that, but I thought that that might be weird if I start asking the infusion nurses about an old big galoot that uh, walked out of there when I was walking in last time. But yeah, it was just—it was really just the way that he moved his head, very sort of stiffly but confidently around. It—it it had the feeling of like a like how an, how a bird of prey might 
move their head very, very quick and confidently and ending up knowing where, they, where their head was going to end up in, in the rotation of their neck. You know, not, not, a, not a tentative move, but knowing where they wanted it to land. He did that, and that, that instilled in me a certain confidence in him and a desire that he were my son. Strange, perhaps, but uh, nonetheless real. And, and you know, that because that, time doesn't work how we think it works. It doesn't work how we feel it. It's always existing. You can think of it like that. I don't know. Just different perspectives, right? I can't fathom that. I'm, I'm of, of the, uh, I'm of the ticking clock feather. Well, um, I do hope you come see me on the road. I am out there and hopefully I'm having a good time. Hopefully you're there and hopefully maybe even right now as you're listening to this, I might be walking by you in Brooklyn, New York, you know, um, on the streets looking for an icy, you know, like, uh, some kind of organic icy, uh, because it's getting hot, 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 hot. All right. I think that's all I need to for advertise for now. And all I need to talk about in this intro, really, uh, just some, some, some feelings I've been having and, uh, I'm going to leave it to you and leave it to my conversation with this guy that now let me also preface it with the fact that I hadn't seen Austin for many years. I thought I had in California, but actually we just talked on the phone. He had been hanging out with Anna Stewart, my friend, when he was visiting out there and I was visiting out there at similar times or the same time maybe. Um, and I tried to meet up with him, but it didn't, didn't work out. So... Um, we hadn't seen each other in many years, I think since high school. Maybe he said in college sometime he was in town and we saw each other. But, you know, that's, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty old. So that's been a while. It's probably been a good 16, 17 years since I've seen him. So this was, this was our reunion and I, I turned it on right when he walked in the door. So there was no like getting to know you chat. And then we, here's the thing is that we did talk after for another, we hung out for another like three hours and talked. And, uh, that's me turning off my car. And, uh, it, it, it got a lot more personal and we got into a lot more stuff, but I did not turn the thing back on because sometimes you can't, you know, it's not as comfortable when the thing is running and you can't get deep into personal matters as you can when it's private in the room. But yeah, we, 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 we talked for a while. And he proposed some shit for my podcast that is a good idea that I may or may not do. All right, I'm going to let you get cozy and uh, enjoy this conversation with an old friend. Austin Barger. Bro, what's going on? How much? All right, answer. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. I, I do shoes, shoes off here if that's all yeah. right, if you don't mind. Uh, sit down. We're gonna do this podcast. Talk. We'll talk. We we'll get 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 reacquainted here. Um, 
You sound like you've been smoking like six packs a no. day for the past 12 fucking years. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing. I've got a raspy voice these days. Yeah. I guess I have for some time. <clears throat> Let me... <clears throat> there we go. Are you moving back up here? No, I'm um, just kind of living part-time up here. I travel a lot, and um, and so I've been working on this house that I bought up here, but, okay. I, but I only live here part of the time. Okay, What and what part of the time is that? Like, Well, I um, I work seasonally in the... Doing... You still doing the rafting shit in no, West Virginia or no? No, I work on the mountain more. I'm a okay. patroller in the downhill mountain bike patroller in the summer and ski patroller in the winter. And there's a gap of like two months on each side okay. where I have more free time to work on things like, you know, um, my property up here that I've pursued. And, um, and I have a couple of rentals in West Virginia. Okay. And, um, and so this is the time that I have to get it rehabbed and I've been working on the plumbing, learning pecs. Right. It's been good. What's PEX? PEX is flexible. Um, flexible pipes? pipes that okay. um, people don't like to steal for copper scrapping. Okay. And so... Got you. Yeah, yeah, Because so, if you're leaving the house for the Well, I just, I just bought, I bought a house that had, had the copper stolen out of it, like many houses that have been vacated for any amount of yeah. time. Yeah, I, I've stolen some copper myself. I figured, I figured, you know. You think I got the copper from my house. You're, you know? you're probably the polite kind of guy that would cut it instead of bending and breaking right, it right, and make right. it a, a lot easier to recover. You, know, you got to be nice to your fellow man. You clean cuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would have appreciated if my guy was a clean cutter, <laughs> yeah. but he didn't have the proper tools. Mr. Ben, Mr. Bendy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, when, no, when, when did you buy that spot? I, um, it was a foreclosure, and so I've learned how... Um, how with foreclosures there can be a large time frame you think you might be closing on a certain date but then you are forced to sign an extension right until all the paperwork and different levels of bureaucracy might all sign off on a federal Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac foreclosure and yeah. so so it can take three to five months and so I I thought I was closing maybe in October when I had free time and instead, I ended up closing in mid-February, um, okay. middle of the winter. Something similar happened to me. This this house was um, it was a foreclosure, I guess. It was it was owned by a bank, right. um, some big bank that didn't know, you know, down in Texas somewhere, you know, like right. nowhere near here. And uh, yeah, something similar happened where it took like six months. But didn't look anything like this. Yeah, I wondered if you did a lot of work to it or had I mean, your, your people do yeah, a lot of work to yeah, it. Yeah, people. Right. Yeah. Not me, necessarily. You remember Mike Fisher? You remember Claire yeah, Fisher? Yeah, they're, they're... Mike Fisher. This, this is an 8K. This is an 8K. Uh, you know, it's, it's not it, technically 8K because I bought it, but... but it pre-8K. Well, no, they, they already had the company, but they, they were, like, on a lull. I was like, you guys do great work. We could do this, so they did it. Yeah. Right, right. Well, it, um, it has... It looks tight. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they, they, they seem they to do, do good work. They do great work. They right. do great work. Those guys. Um, I've been following the 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 North Side rehab movement. Yeah, seeing different and properties. You're like they've you're done one of us now. I am, and yeah. I, you know, I grew up going to McKee Center. Yeah, I took a couple ass whoopings down here. It didn't look like in the that four five two two three. It didn't. Yeah, a fine remodel they did on well, that. Tell me about an ass whooping you took here. Well, um, it was tough. You were just a country boy coming, coming in from Mount Airy. <laughs> I came out of the forest of Mount Airy where things were a little different. And um, I didn't hang up out up on Coleraine Avenue so much. It was a little tougher up there. 
but down here you had a mixture of the young Appa, Appalachian kids as well as the inner city kids and, and they would rumble and they both held their own and you know I was there just trying to swim in the deep end instead yeah. of my little shallow three foot Mount Airy pool and well it was normally pretty good in the pool I held my own fish and minnows I did very well but good in basketball court you know you step out of the pool area they can box they they can box they were strong (laughs) quick fists yeah never put on gloves and you were you were a little guy let's i was let's let's recall let's recall (laughs) the the days well yes was i I, you know maybe i was chubby but i was a small guy short guy years later i came and did my lifeguard training at mckee um me and several others um you know and that's where I, I, I earned my nickname, Lil Baywatch. This is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Due to your humongous titties. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but um, I worked several years at Bush Pool over on Kemper Lane in Walnut Hills. Okay. And North Fairmont, me and Andy McKendrick. Oh, okay. The, the white boy Lenny Kravitz, as they called him. <laughs> I can see that. I totally can see that. But... Uh, but yeah, we had a good run, and I did some Ryan pool in the suburbs of Westwood. Um, I should say to the people listening, I mean, you know, I just like to get reacquainted in general, but we are on this podcast, which you said you've been listening to some, some of the podcasts. I have, I have. Um, let's get some context. Yeah, let's get some context. I've known Austin, and now I told a couple stories about you, and I don't know if you heard those episodes. Man. I haven't yet. I told a story, <laughs> okay, I told a story about when I was in... I guess we were in what se- I think seventh grade, All right. and um, you and Buster and I think Alex maybe invited me over to Buster's house to like spend the night and pulled this prank on me. I remember. You know this. what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, I thought about it on the ride over. <laughs> <laughs> Such an awesome uh. prank! Such an awesome prank! And I told that story maybe a year ago or something on the podcast. Nice. What number podcast? Number? I think it was. I think it was like. I, <laughs> It's hard for me to remember. I think right. it was like a, the Christmas episode, maybe, oh. uh, of like 2013. Or maybe, I don't know. I'll revisit it. I'll somewhere find around it. there. Somewhere around there. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, I told that story. So, yeah, I, you were like the first person that reached out to me. I didn't really have friends in, in, in junior high. He came with a crew. He and Danny Trevino. Well, that's true. The that's artists. True. The alternative artists. Yoni had some... Um, crimson red flights that were pretty fly some how Nikes. do you remember this because i was digging him and he had this that side haircut almost like um it was a dude uh, from terminator 2 or something yeah you know? i was i was doing the edward, John Connor. Ed, edward furlong uh <laughs> floppy hair with a strong shaved one side he, he he stood out and wanted to know what he was all about and yeah they seemed artsy already <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, I appreciated that. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I mean, I, I felt like, yeah, I had a couple friends. I had, I had Danny, and I had, uh, I don't know, uh, Ruben Edwards. Ah, uh, uh, Ruben. He was also artsy. Uh, a, cu- a couple other kids, but yeah, yeah. You, you kind of when, I, especially when I went into Double A, uh, I think maybe I don't remember who was in there, but but I remember. Yeah, you kind of approached me like, okay, you know, check this out. <laughs> you just you're an extroverted guy. And I was kind of introverted, and uh, you kind of brought me out of my shell, and I appreciated that. Well, that was the the seventh grade crossing over of Mount Airy Elementary Spanish Crew with Pleasant Ridge uh, Spanish Crew, Pleasant Ridge. Yeah, and um, it was it was a time of transition, and had to had to perform a group to hold our own at yeah. Cincinnati Bilingual Academy over in Evanston. There, that's right, um, that's right. We had a good little crew. Oh, strong crew. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of memories. I was thinking about all sorts of different stories and memories and your strong fighter f- fight or flight um, instinct that you exhibit. There was another night another that night. I remember. We were I don't remember who was it was like Cindy Kessler's uh, house or sister's something. apartment. I don't complex. remember what is like some what was happening exactly. Uh, as I recall it, we were hanging out outside, loitering, um, waiting for some friends up at the apartment. And maybe the last time these people had partied, they had um, caused some trouble for another tenant in a different apartment. That guy decided we must be those people. And so he came outside and he kind of rushed us in the foyer area. And um, we didn't know if we were going to have to fight this guy. Yoni took off so quick and just ran. I did for like a mile. I don't know how long. This was was before there were cell phones. We had to find each other, driving the streets, looking for him. I was gone. (laughs) Yeah. It was. It, it just reminded me of the Buster story because that ended up with you. Running, also, me dipping, running to safety, blocks, wow. blocks away, and so Yoni went both on the west side as well, which I was totally unfamiliar with. Sometimes you, you just got Cincinnati. The west side is like another world. <laughs> but yeah, I just remembered that you knew when to get up and go. Yeah, and um, I don't. I don't know. I wonder if I would still act accordingly these days. Probably not. Probably a little differently. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I have my words now. At least I may right. not be a big guy, but I can. You know, right, right. I can. I can at least stand up with my words a bit more than I used to. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's interesting. Both of those ended up in in me dipping out, and probably for no reason. Right? We had, yeah, there was no fight in either yeah. one. We um, no. avoided blows. And the, yeah, and the first one was obviously you can't blame you uh, for uh, running. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would have run too. They'll have to skip back and listen to that story because it was a good one. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. A lo- the long a long setup. You know, sometimes it takes time to. Build. I told that story. It's and I think it was half an episode. Right. Uh, I mean, just telling that story. Um, yeah, basic to give the basic rundown. <laughs> they, I don't want no. Just go back and find it. Just yeah, exactly. Just click on the link. Yeah, to, to that episode. That is the link. Good memories there. I recently went and visited our good friend Buster Newton down in Florida. Yeah, because I hadn't gotten down there in many many years, and. That was very cool to reconnect with other friends from that junior high and elementary period. What's he doing, man? He um, must have done a stint or two, no? Ah, yeah, <laughs> no. he spent a little time on he the did, inside. He did. I was yeah. just making that up. Yeah. I was just making that up. I mean, just his body type. You can <laughs> tell. You yeah. can tell. Yeah. He's been training for the inside from the time yeah. he was 10. Yeah. But no, he went through that and got through the other side. And, and as you would expect, he is a, phys- a physical fitness trainer okay, okay and um and people call it joining the buster team he's got a lot of middle-aged women okay and a lot of young women and men who are on the buster squad and, and they um they swim alligator infested ponds really and they they lift and they run and um they do a lot of cross training nice and um he does that like six days a week okay you know runs right out of his house apartment and right over to the recreation center where he's um a one-man squad over there I couldn't keep up. Throngs of women. Waiting. I couldn't keep up. Yep, Team Busters. Really? You couldn't hang? Him. No. Um, it's, it's like a lifeguard. It's a hundred degrees down there. You know, I could run with him, but I couldn't yeah. do all his lifting exercises. Right. I moved on and you know went and played some frisbee golf with right. my brother. You know. Right. Eventually, you know. How's the family? Uh, my family's doing very well. Uh, my family still lives at the same house in Mount Airy, where I was born on the floor in 1979. So they're still at the homestead. It looks a little different. It's not nearly as big when you grow older. Right. Um, two acres just 
doesn't doesn't go as far. That's still uh, something, but you're oh, living yeah. in West Virginia. You see, That's you right. See the hills are smaller. Shit. Yeah. But um, um, I, I don't know how much we can talk about what kind of things you want to say in the, <laughs> the public's <laughs> nothing. Okay. <laughs> Good memories from the past hanging out. Yeah. In, uh, in Mount Airy. Hey, we we had a good setup growing up out there in the woods. Yeah, and uh, it was it was it was out there, man. It's, in my memory, I mean, it's, it was right in the middle of the forest, and that's that's one of the larger uh, parks in this town. Yeah, I believe it's the largest forest within a full city limits in the entire country. Oh wow, that's wow. what I hear. I okay. don't know if it's okay. true. Fourteen hundred fifty nine acres. Big. And um, that's it's not so large. much, but being in the middle of a city, yeah, that's not very common. And no, some would say, what about Central Park? Is that bigger? Well, that's a park, not a forest, so I don't know. There you go. There you go. You, you do the math. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, but what, what else, what was your trajectory to moving out, out there? What, what took you out to I'd West say, Virginia? I'd say the transition would have been Athens, Ohio, going off to college on the east side of Ohio, um, down um, in the Appalachian area, and West Virginia just right down the way. So people in Cincinnati go to Red River Gorge when they want to hit the woods or hit some climbing region in Kentucky, whereas people in southeast Ohio and Athens, you head down to the New River Gorge, and that's um, you know over in Fayetteville, West Virginia. It's a beautiful area. I followed some climbers down there in college and spent some time um, in those hills, and after college, uh, over time, found myself hanging out more in West Virginia. I pursued um, the whitewater. I'm a kayaker, and so there's much better whitewater and um, a lot of beautiful rivers down there. So the New and the Gauley Rivers. Um, and so I made my home in Fayetteville eventually and um, just quit going back to Athens. I love Ohio, but I kinda, I've come back and forth quite a bit, and I don't like to give up Ohio. I found something, find something romantic about the north side and some of the stuff that's going on in the city that we don't have in West Virginia. Yeah. But the end of the day whenever i think about moving back entirely i always miss the mountains miss the um miss the downhill skiing and snowboarding and kayaking and biking and transitioning to ohio with flatter hills you are really an extreme sports dude you have named every (laughs) every extreme sport man (laughs) that's funny um (laughs) west virginia has more to offer in those realms yeah and every time i I miss the big city and miss I miss the better restaurants and um, a lot of creative people. And so you miss out on the diversity of the city and all kinds of things like that. But the cost of living is relatively low. You can you can own a home in West Virginia and still not have the highest paying job because there's really not that many out there. Do you own a house there, too? I do. I do. You own a house there. You have some rental properties there. You own a house here. Yeah, and there's a lot. Big, ballers, big loans, man. big loans. Yeah. Um, yeah, just um, extended myself and trying to make it sustainable mm-hmm. to, to be a ski patroller and a video boater and, a, you know, a painter and a videographer or whatever else I need to do just to get by down there and, um, you know, try to live the good life comparatively. Have, right. you, have you ever had to, to, like, rescue people and shit like that? Have you ever had some sticky situations? Certainly. Um, yeah? Certainly. Um, every, every day down there, you know, somebody's going to hurt themselves um, on the mountain or... Sometimes when you're boating, you might find yourself in a sticky situation. and Or sometimes when you're videoing the rafters, you might find yourself turning into a rescuer rather than a videoer. And they always tell the rafters that if your video boater puts down his camera and starts helping you, you know you're in a bad spot. And if so he you, doesn't, it's some faces of death shit. Right, well, you know, <laughs> uh, you always want to get the shot, but you're always trying to... Um, 
to find that moment where maybe you need to join the rescue right. instead of document right. the rescue. So, and and, and what, what do you do in those kind of situations? Are you, are you, do you stay cool-headed as, as like you did when you didn't run from the dudes that didn't beat us up? I've, I try to stay cool-headed in um, you know, situations that uh, depend on that. And definitely the video boaters, the kayakers are known for their... Um, knowledge of what to do in a situation, a swift water rescue situation. Oftentimes the raft guides might look to them um, because maybe we're out on a rock. We are not in a raft. And so we have a throw rope, you know, we, we, we might be in a position to help out in a way that someone in the, in the water can't help out. We're all a team and not to mention the fact that you're out there every day. And you, I mean, as are they, I suppose, and know the water, know the, that and everybody's a team water. on the river. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone, everyone's on the same team. And so when things go bad, everyone kind of looks out for one another, whether they're with the same company, a different company, or whether it's, they're a stranger with a group that you don't know. Right. You know. And, um, what, and, and what about on the, on the slopes is a similar kind of thing. Do you, are, do you, do you end up having to like drag people back to the thing? Is that you? Well, our job is to try to get people um, to a higher level of care as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Right. Um, at the end of the day, um, we're best at extractions and certainly um, life-saving measures, you know, from, you know, CPR to controlling bleeding or any other first aid. But um, mostly you want to get somebody inside, get them warm. And so the most important thing is figuring out how can I stabilize this person and getting them um, to an ambulance or to mm-hmm. get them inside. And so, so, you know, most of the time everybody's doing just fine, but every once in a while they need a little help. How, what's your, what's your, what are you, are you on a snowmobile or something out there? Um, we use snowmobiles, but I'm a snowboarder. Uh, I'm also a skier, but um, so we slide down to the scene, bring a sled to take somebody, load them up. Um, get them to where they need to go. Mr. Baywatch. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I like it. It's, it's better work than some things. Yeah. It, it might not have the artistic outlet that I see in, in your trajectory. Everybody uh, has their, their own I, trajectory, man. I, uh, I, I enjoy um, pulling up YouTube and showing people my good buddy from my past. <laughs> I'm always dropping Y tunes and Yoni tunes um, in West Virginia. I appreciate Spread, that. Spreading the gospel. Appreciate that. Or, um, or, or stealing free YouTube hits instead of buying the Good. damn album. Good. You know? nah, I, I came with, I, I came with some money, you know. <laughs> we got Good. fresh vinyl down here. Good. Good. Because, um, um, yeah, it's been a long time. I've been meaning to catch up. I've really enjoyed seeing what you got going on. I, I, I think the last time I saw you was in Oakland. Well, briefly, very briefly. And I think we only got to talk on the phone. Oh, did we, we did, not actually we see each other? To, you know, only in pictures, Shit. possibly FaceTime. Okay. So. <laughs> that was before FaceTime. <laughs> Skype. Skype. Yeah. No, it was, um, I, I think you were out as I was in. Okay. And okay. we got to talk on the phone for a long time. Okay. That okay. Was, that was my my memory. Shit. I was stopping man. through. Um, yeah. So what else do you, you say you travel a lot? Where else are you traveling to? Well, I, just, um, I, I try to I try to get out west each year, and that's what I was doing when I when I missed you. I think it was probably the end of the East Coast season in late March, and trying to get some of that Tahoe scene in April when there's still snow. Okay, um, they had a bad year this year, the the worst snowpack in the history of Tahoe. Really? Yeah. So that means that means bad 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 uh, skiing snow. Yeah, but it also means bad 
white water and bad levels for drinking water and irrigation. California's facing the, the biggest oh, drought. Oh, just because issue. of the drought. But but the snowpack is a big defining factor. Okay. And currently, like, the, the Sierras near Tahoe have, like, a 0% snowpack. Okay. Which, like, maybe the worst in history. Maybe it was 25%. Of, of average which so. means snow low snowpack means just not much snow and you don't have mountains of 50 feet of snow to melt all year and provide right. the water into some of the reservoirs that feed um, the drinking water of northern California and even southern California right right so you know just pretty wild what's happening out there so do, do you just chase like the the is it is this like uh the the uh what was that movie point break is it like the point break of skiing and shit? i, I like think just, the, the east coast patroller version is trying to get out there for some spring riding and maybe stick around long enough to catch some spring paddling as the water melts and turns and into, y'all all do all that shit a lot of people do yeah um, and you go out there with your with your people that you work with or oftentimes but i i've missed out on plenty of years so i don't want to make it sound like i'm always chasing the storm because this year i was chasing tax time and decided to skip all that and just hang out and do my taxes and yeah you know and gosh don't even remind me about it, that shit it came and went yeah <laughs> file an extension yeah so i yeah someone did some Pe- people. <laughs> yeah, I was told it was done. <laughs> yeah, no, it's important stuff. You know, sometimes um, it's more important to do that than yeah. to travel to the Caribbean. Or you know, my sister lives in Venezuela, and okay. I'm going to miss out on visiting her. She'll be moving in June, and I did not get down to Venezuela. What was she doing down there? She, uh, she's an international teacher, so it's okay. similar to travel nursing, where after being a teacher in the system in the United States for several years. You might go teach for a, a westernized schooling system of like expatriates, kids, and uh, maybe oil and gas children of the industry, children of government officials, and people that have had an education in the United States and then um, desire that style of education back in their home countries. Okay, okay. So she'll do two or three years various places, and now she's off to China. That's and, kind uh, of a dope job. I yeah. mean. Is she married and shit? Yep, they both do it. And, do, okay. Um, and so, yeah, Chris does some chemistry and some various sciences. She tends to teach Spanish, but she'll do English lit as well. Okay. Um, in a place like Venezuela, she might have a mixed schedule. Did she do the military CBA, all that shit thing? She did the okay. same thing we did. Uh, did she go to Walnut? Or she, she went to Walnut okay. and graduated in 93, and then Josiah graduated right, in 94. Right. I knew that, yeah. And so yeah. we all followed that same path, and then... She took it to the next level and um, has been living internationally for more years than she's lived in the United States, probably. Huh. Um, yeah. You think you could still speak Spanish if somebody um, came at you? I, I can, and I try to travel and speak some Spanish, but um, my sister says I got a, a Cypress Hill accent. <laughs> uh, you know, a lack of true travel all across the world has left me with a little bit of that, um, you know, Mexican-American um rap version of a Spanish right. um, accent and so my conjugation struggles but I get by and um, we my get to practice my conjugation struggles too the visa B people in the ski industry we get a lot of like lifties from Peru and Chile and so I get to practice on well, you them said, you said Chile um, that sounded good see that sounded good see <laughs> <laughs> and so I get to practice a little bit and um, for West Virginia I do pretty well uh-huh, but uh-huh. You, you go to the big city all of a sudden where people do speak Spanish and sometimes um, the rapid high speed communication. Yeah, I can't go with the rapid shit. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's I did. I was just in Costa Rica uh, a couple months ago, and nice. I got a chance to practice a lot. And and yeah, I, I find that the, the 
<coughs> the conjugations are tough. You know, yeah. it's, it is hard. People to understand. I was be- I was best in. And I was the golden era for me was like eighth grade, right? Yeah. I, I mean, come on, we, we, all Salamanca day, all day. Yeah, yeah. See, I missed the trip to Spain. <laughs> you didn't go to Salamanca. I yeah. didn't go. I'll always wonder why right. I wasn't more. But you know what? I, travel. Honestly, it didn't, that didn't. That wasn't like. I didn't get better at Spanish. No, but you party hard with those Spaniards. Yeah, yeah. They were good stories. I got in a fight with mine, man. Ugh. Fernando, yeah. Yeah, Fernando. We got not a not a fistfight, but we got we got in yeah the fiery Spanish. Mm -hmm. We got in in a uh, in an argument. His mom was upset at me. Uh, Miss, uh, what's her name? Had my back though. Yeah, Um, Uh, Senora Avia. Senora Avia. Yeah, I see. Had my back. I wonder where she is nowadays. I don't know. Like so many of our teachers, uh, I yeah. look back. Um, I saw Dr. Houghton popping up on Facebook. Really? He's got his little friend number. Keeps getting bigger and bigger of mutual friends from 12 to 16. It might be so time. To, it people might be are jumping time. in. <laughs> yeah. I've seen uh, Miss Mann on there. We don't We don't really kick it. You know, we, we never were that tight. I didn't have her. Yeah. Houghton, Dr. Houghton, yeah, we, I, I cried in front of one time. Yeah. I yeah. probably talked about that in the podcast. Right. But there was a time I was, you know, there was, I, we didn't hang out that much in high school. And I don't know why. Right, right. Um, what, what what was your crew in high school mainly? It was always mixed and it changed okay. and it varied. But I mean, um, whereas we shared Alex and yeah. Yuri and Kyle. Right. We also like um, split off. And I always felt like, you know, you were, you were doing your music thing like passionately. I had Jamie, the Jamie Bro faction. Yep. RJ. Yep, exactly. Um, you were maybe more, I want to say it was like more in the... My, Christian Hafter. Yeah, I hung with Christian some, but I'd say maybe. Um, and then I hung out with the nine eight kids as well. The nine eight kids, and so it was okay. like that that crossover playing some soccer. Yeah, you know, I was busy That's doing right. that, yeah. but um, but at the end of the day, I was partying, not doing music, and you right. guys were killing it, hanging also out, partying. laying out tracks while partying. Yeah, and um, and getting into it, and so I, I remember some of that. But and then there was definitely that, you know, um, the Alex House partying. Definitely yeah. kept us all together yes. too. Yes. It was a strong party house. Was, you know, many memories from that house. Oh yeah, I, 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 yes, definitely weird memories. I, for me. I was thinking about all the the different divergent paths that we've all taken and and where we've ended up. And um, our good friend Alex Donnelly, our mutual friend, he had celebrated a birthday party for his two sons today. Okay, for they're, um, they're twins. No, Henry and Sawyer just have birthdays within several cool. days of birthdays. one another. Okay. They're all April because Alex is also April seventeenth. April, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so they all had birthdays. All the Donnelly men, and he went ahead and did the barnyard backyard. He had him bring in the horses and the sheep and the no way. and all the animals to his um, nice pimp McMansion over okay. there on the west side. And so they had, um, you know, they had it going on. And um, I wanted to get over there today, but I was doing plumbing. Right. And um, I think it they went off well. They did that today. They did it today. It's raining today. I know. He's going to have a backyard mess. He's going to have <laughs> a muddy mess on that fine lawn of his. Oh, man. And so I wanted to get over there. Uh, I'm sure it was pretty exciting. What, what other memories? What memories do you um, have from that era? Um, oh, so many. But um, some of those, Alex had some classic parties. And it was always, the, you know, like. You know, his, his mom knew he was having good parties, but like, you know, never generally pinpointed it. But then one time I came home with Alex after some basketball playing and um, Jan's like, remember, and Alex's mom said, Alex, you remember you said you didn't you didn't have anybody over while we were gone. We'll, we'll check out these pictures from Megan's phone that we had. Um, <laughs> and uh, and not only were 
where there are classic pictures on there. But if you remember, a lot of the Alex Donnelly house parties, people would put on porn on the big screen. And, and there were some background <laughs> porn shots on the big screen in the camera. I love it. And so Jan's like, huh, really? That's kind of tacky, Alex. Yeah. Porno during the party. Really, is that how you guys are doing it? And what the thing is, it wasn't Alex. Like he was always so innocent. Like, I don't know. If somebody friends, else did that. Friends yeah. hijacked the VCR. Yeah, and someone yeah. was kind enough to snap a bunch of pictures with the twin sisters' camera. Right. You know, and tuck right. it in there, waiting. <laughs> so oh there's God. there's there's no there's no you know what do you say to your mom then you say you got me. Yeah, yeah. I was the first place that, and not to incriminate her, first place that I started drinking. Right, right. Um, she did her best. Yeah, she yeah. Did. I mean, we would sneak it out of the you know, There was like a liquor cabinet up there. <coughs> you know, what are you going to do? You're, you know, 14, 15 years old, and you're going to, you know. Yep. Before and, the uh, internet. We would do that and then go to uh, the church, like, youth group yeah. at night. I think I even remember discussions on the podcast of this. Yes, I probably possibly talked about that. Yeah. Possibly. Ah, oh, yes. Memories of Erin Fisher and her crew. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Did Definitely. It. The divergent paths we've all taken. Yeah. And she uh, lives just right up the road, man. She lives right like, uh, <coughs> So she moved over because um, she was over towards D.C. prior, I thought. Uh, fi- uh, near Philly. Philly. Yeah. But she came back. She came back. She's married. Two kids, as far as I know. Maybe a third one now. I don't right, know. Right. Um, um, I've hung out with her husband. I enjoyed him. Yeah, good dude. A, a British, life coach. Dude. Is that what he is? Okay. He's a life coach. I knew he did some, like, like, helping corporations with their... I thought, yeah, like... Right. I don't know. He probably has other titles, but yeah. I do believe he does some life coaching. Some life coaching. Okay. As does my girl. Good She's dude. a therapist. Okay. She does some life coaching as well. So. Now, tell me about her. Where did you meet her at? I met Erica in southern West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um, she was from outside of Philadelphia in her youth, and um, a lot of... Hippie parents took their kids to West Virginia in a back to the earth movement in the 70s and and, um, set up shop in the 80s, 70s, Greenbrier County and various counties, Summers County, Pocahontas County, and um, built life down there. And, you know, her her mother still has um, a homestead kind of property, very rustic, hand built. And where you were, you were bringing water up from the well and from the spring and that type of thing and burning wood heat only and. And Erica loves her comfort, and she'll remind me that it's, it's not always fun to warm up your house from from 30 when you get home. And right. uh, modern comforts, comfort is not the enemy, she tells me. And uh, she doesn't necessarily want to be a homesteader. She likes the So she grew up like that, so she prefers the other stuff. But yeah. you, you grew up, maybe not like that. Halfway but, to homesteading. But a little bit rugged. With a good garden and, yeah. um, you know, the clothes drying on the line instead of yeah. using the, the dryer, so... So, yeah, I think that's some of our bond. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I met her down there, and she was already at Snowshoe. And so, so that's What's where that? I, What's Snowshoe? Snowshoe yeah. is the ski resort, ski resort. down there okay. in West Virginia that I started working when I transitioned over from Athens, Ohio. Okay. And um, so we've been together a long time, and we've... Um, Are y'all, you're all not married, though? I don't not, see a ring. No ring right ring. now. You know, we've been together a long time. We're, we're a strongly committed couple. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and so she's down here with me. She's over at the house. Um, she is passionate about yoga. She's a yoga instructor, and okay. she actually was over there at Shine in Hyde Park today, um, participating in a, a yoga event, and um, she really loves it over there. And she, other than loving Northside, she's always um, telling me how much Hyde Park is an amazing community, and she really likes the yoga community over there. Yeah, so yeah, good area. She's um, she's always looking at the schedule, trying to see when we should come to Cincy based on the yoga schedule. Okay. 
Yeah. I, I do a, a great class right over here that, that she might like. Is this on Hamilton? We drove um, yeah. which, which location? It's it's at the Hoffner Lodge. Right. I don't know. She might No, we drove by. Yeah. We were talking about what yeah. they got going on over there. Yeah. And she's Good. always interested in yeah. linking up with different people. Yeah. And um, it's cool how small the yoga community is across the country. The people that travel and link up and um, the, the leaders in various um, you know parts of yoga. It, it's neat who, who all knows each other. And, mm-hmm. and um, she can come up here and, and know a bunch of people from various other communities. Right. They have their yeah. retreats and shit yeah. like that. Is, so how many how many months of the year do you think you guys will be up here? Like, do you think well, it'll be twice a year? Oh, well, it's more like also um, when I do work, I generally will like stack my weeks together for work. And so I might work eight days in a row on the mountain and then be off six days or work six days and then be off eight days. And so while I'll, while I have more time from, you know, in between seasons, I also plan on being back and forth and I've got a roommate over there, um, here in the house in Northside. Okay. He's helping me out doing things like painting mm-hmm. and, um, tightening up what's, what's not already put together. And it's nice um, to have somebody there. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't want to have the house empty. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, it's one of my little brother's friends who mm-hmm. is pretty handy and he's been helping me kind of do some landscaping and tie the house together because it's, it's rough around the edges, although it is intact and, you know, very livable. Yeah. What's, what's Wesley do? Oh, um, Wesley, that brother is out in Seattle. He's, um, he different works. brother, Robert, Robbie, um, Rob is my youngest brother. Okay. Okay. He's a, he's a juggler with the Cincinnati circus. No way. Yeah. He's, okay. Um, he's very passionate about juggling. He's best juggler I know. That's um, crazy, man. He, he slays it. He also um, works with that trapeze thing going on up across from UC. I see that um, thing. Yeah. That's part of the Cincinnati circus. Okay. And they do good work. And, um, he goes out and juggles at various events. He was doing some post prom events this weekend. He was juggling out at Goshen high school okay. for their post prom. Don't go party. Come over here. And we got watch jugglers. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> So he was playing that drunk watch the late night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he was the late night juggling entertainment over there the other night, and um, he really enjoys that. And he's gone some pretty far places. He was juggling in the, um, you know, the opening day parade the other day. I okay. was watching him on TV. I think he might have dropped a pin on TV. We were dogging him a little. These things happen, you know. <laughs> These things happen. Yeah, you know. Maybe the announcer might have even been jiving him a little bit. <laughs> you saw it on like national TV. I didn't see it. I, I saw okay. it was um, it was reported to me that like okay. uh, I don't know who was doing that. Oh, he so must was, be sick about uh, that, man. Brenneman or somebody, one of these characters. Right. Uh, I tried to go to a Reds game last night and check out the 1990 World Series. Um, you know, um, the team from 1990 well, all they came were out. There. They celebrated 25 years later. My dad pointed out we were lucky and we probably purposely had the Cubs scheduled. Because they haven't won in like a hundred years, right? But you know the Cardinals, you know they just rolled their eyes like, dude, we win like every other year. Yeah, you guys are really celebrating twenty five years ago. Last time you right. went to the World right. Series, right? Sorry about your luck. I'd like <laughs> so, to see that ninety team against yeah. the team right now. Yeah, well, like I, I said, why doesn't Rob Dibble, Norm Charlson, or Randy Put him Myers? in, coach. Put yeah. him in. We got some bullpen struggling. Exactly. You know, I think exactly. Dibs, Dibs at fifty, um, we'll take him. You know, I know he probably thinks he can pitch faster than our Donaldus Chapman. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the Cuban Missile. It's about, you know, the guy's, what is he, probably 45, 50 years old Good. by now. Easily, easily. Yeah. And he's been he's been putting <laughs> on the weight, too. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, um, how about Cuba? Are you ready to travel to Cuba? When is that happening? Right now. It's open already? We, um, we still need an excuse educationally, one of the 12 um, reasons. Yeah. But 
currently, I don't believe there's anyone checking those 12 reasons. They're just stamping, music stamping it and sending you on your way. And so a yeah. lot of people are flooding Cuba. Um, my, my sister got engaged there. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so, um, you know, beautiful area. You know, they, they got that, uh, what's that called? The, the, the CD that came out with the movie, The Rye Cooper. Oh, oh, you're talking about... Uh, when yeah. it the social culture. Oh, so good. Go learn some, so go learn some of that shit. Oh, and, um, well, there's just so much culture there. There's yeah. only 90 miles from Florida. Yeah, and, uh, I'm ready. 13 million characters just hanging out down there and um, no connection for all these years. And, oh, it's gonna be and the old cars. Ooh. I know, I saw it. I've seen some pictures of that. It's, why do they do that? They just, they just... They have no access to modern cars so they just keep they've been cut off the old cars that's crazy and and they put in like new modern engines into them so even though they look all old school in 50s they roll well they've got some pretty fly engines in them nowadays so tell me this what what's what's next for you do you have do you have a life plan a trajectory Um, that that you go into or or do you not think in that way i'm not doing as well with a five-year plan or anything but i I mean you're buying all these properties and shit it seems like you might have some idea well i just always um i'm trying to live sustainably and so um there's only so many hours in the day and the jobs that i tend to like don't pay that well Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to be conscious of that so I don't end up at 55 years old without any retirement. And so um, so I'm trying to be conscious of that, try to save. A lot of the mentality on the river is a dirtbag mentality where you live very cheaply and very lightly. Maybe you live on a on the property along the river on a raft, co- you know, in a bus, um, free on the raft company's land. And in an effort to build up money where you might be able to buy something outright or pay down your debt. And so... That mentality of um, you know saving a lot and trying to live lightly, and therefore maybe making it so you can continue the jobs that you love instead of working for the man, right? Or working a nine to five that's less rewarding. Now, with that, with that, that what you just said, uh, I saw the movie Mud. Right. I don't know if I saw this one. Uh, Mud with the actor that I'm going to now tell you, you remind me of. Oh yeah. Whose name is now. I'm forgetting, but huh. everyone who's listening to this knows the name of the guy that's in Mud. Uh, well, it's funny you say that because one of my celebrity lookalikes that I always am dogged by is um, the lead singer of Puddle of Mud. Some rock girl. It's it's it's, uh, it's a little bit yeah. what you look like, but it's yeah. more it's more the way you talk and and kind of I don't know mannerisms. No. Uh, but the guy he's he was in uh, True Detective. Oh. You've seen so, that. It's not Woody Harrelson. The other guy. The other guy. McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get out of town. That's is it, funny. Is the raspy voice. He's really picked up um, the pace artistically. You know, he's getting he's dogged. Fabulous. He was getting dogged for a lot of years, and oh, then he's, he's had a run. He's there now, man. Magic he's Mike. You know, he's, yeah. had, he's had a run. Yeah. Very Magic impressive. Magic Mike. That's not the one I would have brought up, but <laughs> he's great. I think he's great. I, they, look, I didn't mind that movie. Right, right. That movie, no, and the new True Detective coming out. It's great. Can, yeah. can Vince Vaughn really um, follow up? We'll, we'll find out. Is that he's in it? He's, he's in, in it. Okay. There's several others, um, okay. but Vince Vaughn's one of them. And we were debating. I'm good with him. whether he has the, the spectrum. Yeah, to, um, yeah. Carry yeah. that. We'll see. We we'll will see. see. Um, so, so okay. I see. So the the the, the land grab. Is the land grab is an attempt to to uh, you know to make it as a as a retirement as a because you can't this this kind of shit you're doing 
necessitates somewhat of an able-bodiedness and and a and a uh, and I'm not the best DIYer and I'm getting better all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about getting the boys at you know 8K doing some of this stuff. It's yeah. very impressive, and um, I'm I'm looking at people like that and trying yeah. to learn and um, trying to ask questions to avoid some of the many pitfalls that happen to anyone trying to do this stuff and um, deal with hundred year old structures. Yes, um, this is an amazing neighborhood. Um, you know, I think I bought a house that's 120 years old. This is 120 years old. And yeah. so 1895, 1897, and, mm-hmm. and these structures are very, very solid, awesome brick structures, but I know I'm going to learn a lot about the headaches of a 120-year-old house. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of me feels like, and I love it, I don't take anything back, part of me feels like the next one I buy, I'll probably get something a little newer. A little newer. Yeah, a little newer. Just, just, just like, you know... I don't, you know, mostly I don't notice the, the, the age, but there are little things. I love it, but yeah. at the same time, um, modern houses have a lot of modern conveniences. Yeah. And, um, and you can plan in a way that, you know, some of the old stuff wasn't built in the same way. Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, the beams might not be of the same size that they might recommend right. nowadays. And there's yeah. no going back, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's the, and it, you know, it leaks in the winter. It's kind right. of, you know. The basement, you know, seeing a little moisture seeping in. It's musty. Yep. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be musty. I got my de- dehydrator down there. Dehydrator. <laughs> yeah, you got what you got. My, some peaches. I love the peaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the grapes and the raisins. I'm a big fan. We do jerky in West Virginia. Yes. And, um... What do you know about ramps? You know, or morel season. You know, the, oh, okay. the forager season. Okay, you um, do that. Um, yeah, I'm not that good at it, but West Virginia is all about some foraging. Okay, and um, ramps come out this time of year. Start peeping That's a kind up. Kind of mushroom. No, the ramps are like a wild onion crossed with garlic. Okay, and um, ramp fests galore bring in, the, in West bring Virginia. In the dollars? Um, yeah, you um, people dig them and. They might sell them to a store for two bucks, and a store might sell them for four bucks a pound. But then you go to the big city, and you might sell them for ten bucks a pound, and they might sell them for twenty bucks a pound, or put them on their high end food. And so, in other words, the big cities always treat delicacies from um, you know peasant food from the hills. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you, or morels, of course, are the mushroom, which are also popular in Ohio, and um, and they might fetch a, a better price than ramps. Certainly, a little tougher to find. But you got it to make any money. You got to travel to the big cities. What's so, what's the when you keep talking about the big city? What's the big city down there? What well, I would say you would travel to D.C. Yeah. has a strong foodie market. New York City, Pittsburgh. You know, if you're in the northern part of the state, yeah, um, you're going to head up to Pittsburgh. And not many people are actually going that far. It's just fun to find some mushrooms and cook up a meal. Yeah, and make sure you get credit with your Facebook picture. Right. Try to keep up with the Joneses <laughs> selling their fifty or hundred morels. Right. But um, but at the end of the day. Somebody could take them to the big city, but not many people um, are that ambitious. And then there's ginsenging, which is gaining popularity, gaining a lot of popularity with some of these reality TV shows that some of our peers are making in West Virginia. Oh, you have reality shows coming going up in there? Appalachia Outlaw, the ginseng stories, and the you know the moonshining stories, and everyone trying. Oh, people make ginseng uh, unrelated beverage. No, okay. Both are are hot on reality TV. Got you, got you. Um, And so I don't have you know I don't have a proper TV. So I'm I'm happy about that. Yeah, so many. So many people have... Not that I wouldn't watch Ginsengers. Ah, well, it's really just, you know, it might be better than Real Housewives of Atlanta. Right. But at the end of the day, it's still, um, you know, invented drama. Yeah. um, And really just, it'd be a lot cooler to go out and find some ginseng. We thought of a great uh, reality TV show 
uh, a while back, um, which I, you know, if you're out there, you can steal it from us. I don't think we're ever going to do this. <laughs> but uh, we had well, we had this tour manager um, named Joe for a while who who just he had a, a thing. He's like this little, real little guy, um, and and super like fast and 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 uh, just real, 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 real quick witted guy and real great tour manager. And then we had this bus driver James who was like a real big guy. He used to be like a, a bodyguard for Prince and like. And uh, all these other uh, bands in the '80s, and um, they—I don't know—they had this. I think this was the only tour they ever did together. But they had this rapport that was interesting, and we thought, well, if we did a reality show that always took place on a tour bus right. with different bands going out with these two characters, so you know, so they're in every episode, right? They're in every episode as the bus driver and the tour manager. But then the bands switch out. Right. There's always, you know, with bands, there's always drama. Oh yeah. There's uh, you know, you a lot of it's, it's, it'd be sexy. You know, some some drugs. What's it called? Is this called tour bus? I I'm in tour <coughs> bus. I'm a better name. Tour bus is not bad. It's yeah. Not bad. MTV next month they'll be yeah. on it. We had we had a reality show going on in West Virginia, and we had some of our a lot of our video video production guys on the river will do real real work, um, video production work, and um, we had one. I'm not even remembering the name of it, but it was about rednecks in West Virginia with a little bit of money partying, and um, and it made it made it made some waves, it had some success. Upper middle class um, redneck, redneck kids <laughs> rocking out. <laughs> yeah. So just like the same formula, but rednecks out of, outside of Charleston, and it was all going good for a second year. You know, Shane was on David Letterman, and they were all laughing about his accent. Who's, who's Shane? One of the he guys. Was one of the stars. Okay. But then tragedy struck between year one and two. They were out mud bogging, and the carbon monoxide overcame them. Mm. So after the bars, they took the, the four-wheel drive truck out into the mud bogs, got her stuck, and then the carbon monoxide recirculated into the truck, and all three of them passed away in a, oh big, old, in a big old mud puddle. How do you do? How do you just leave it? They just left it running because they were working, trying to get it out. Okay, and then the carbon monoxide recirculated because they were getting the more muffler, and more tired and then the passed muffler. out. No, nah, the muffler was not. Um, the The muffler system was, was feeding into the car because it wasn't. It was underwater. Right. And so, right. 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 They didn't have their windows open, maybe, or not enough, and so yeah. they build up carbon monoxide, and it's a very painless way to die, and you might not notice not that it's overcoming you. Shit. Um, and they and they all passed away, and so MTV had to cancel their uh, their money show. That's dark. Uh, yeah. Did they talk about it? Um, it was kind of like when Michael Jackson passed away. I knew some people working on that tour, and so there might have been like five hundred or a thousand people that lost work for the next two years. Right. So sometimes when tragedy strikes. You don't even think about all the people whose lives are intertwined with the star, right. and uh, and how many people might be planning their next year in advance based on um, the existence of some star, and then they go away. What happens to those um, contracts? I guess it's just ripped up because uh, it's just, there's, they must have a clause about yeah. the death of the star. Yeah, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't Jeez. happen. So, you know, tragedy struck in West Virginia. Oh man. Yep. Um, have you ever gone mud bogging? A little bit, but um, you, you know. just take you just take a regular four wheel drive. I mean, you can soup it up, but oftentimes it's just an old, sturdy truck yeah, um, or something you can lift up, something light, like a Suzuki X90 or Samurai, because you can roll her back over and um, go at it. And, you know, West Virginians love that stuff. Yeah. Um, we prefer, you know, kayaking and all these other things, but we'll be hiking out, 
you know, with our with our kayak skirts and tights, and we'll, we'll find a lot of four wheeler guys in the woods, you know, throwing their you wear beer skirts and tights. Well, the skirts, you... kayak skirt is how you keep the water out of your kayaks. So you have okay, a, uh, um, you know. Like the thing that goes uh, like that, yeah. It's called a skirt. I think I know. What you're and then about. the tights, you know, you wear, um, you know, clothing that's going to insulate you from cold water. Right. So you might be in a dry suit, or you might be in some layers of tights or fleece and tights. So you don't always look so sporty. Right. And so sometimes you'll come upon a crew of um, good old boys um, whistling, drink, at you. drinking their beers <laughs> in the woods with their four wheelers, and you know, it's definitely, yeah. um, you know, two different populations. Looking at each other like, huh, it's a different way to live, yeah. buddy. Yeah. And, uh, Interesting. But mostly it's a pretty good bond in between the two cultures. It never becomes like, uh, what's it called? There could be, there could be, uh, which, uh, deliverance. <laughs> Certainly there's a lot of deliverance references on the river. And, yeah. You know, I'm certain there's been Is that some, where that movie took place? Was it nope. Where, yeah, it was no. down south, um, okay. um, down on the Chattooga in Georgia, South Carolina border. But there's a lot of similarities um, in the people of these, you know. Yeah. Backwoods towns, and I know some blue-blooded characters. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, any any stories you remember from youth? <clears throat> any things you remember? Man, you remember so back, many. Back um, in the day? Returning to all that stuff. Sorry um, to go back to that. Oh I'm no, just, I'm just curious because I, well, I haven't seen you. I don't know how. I so, mean, probably since high school because. Yeah. Uh, and I think we crossed paths in um in college when okay. I would come back around Cincinnati. Okay, I, I feel like um, yeah. Um, when you were, you and Dose One had an apartment mm-hmm. up um, on McMillan. Yeah. So I came over to that place. Okay. 18, 19, maybe okay. 20, somewhere in there. Um, so you those, look good. You look the uh, same. Really. Uh, you too. Yeah. You look very well, thank good. You. Thank you. Very good. Um, uh, I think we've both aged well. Um, you got to work know, for it. You know, I don't even see the crow's feet in your eyes. You know? <laughs> I got the glasses on. The dark. I got the, the rose-colored glasses. Yeah, you know, I've got some scars on my face, you know, from various injuries, but, you know. Knife fights. Oh, you know. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so many good stories, but um, definitely I remember <clears throat> in general um, when I was thinking about um, your upbringing and coming into your life over there on Cortell U. Yeah. And, um and it was interesting. It was uh, it was cool to see you as an artist, as a seventh grader, and you and your brother, and how you were living life um, at your house in the evenings after school, on the weekends, and what you were doing and what you were into was very different than what I was into. And it was cool to see. And it was um, your the first time I spent the night at your place. It was. Um, it was real free form. There might have been some claymation or some playing on a synthesizer. And then dinner wasn't real structured. Right. What we ate was um, we had some tortilla wraps and then there was hot sauce and there was maybe some Always. Velveeta strips. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, it was, and that was that and it was microwaved. Yeah. And there, there was no sides. There, there, there was no frijoles yeah. on this thing. This, that was what it was. And, um, and, and so it was just like artists. Um, in their environment, having fun, focusing, you know, in their in- own tinkering environment. And then, um, and, and you could see it taking place. And it was very um, obvious that there was a creative spark there huh. that, um, that I saw that was different than what I was used to, where I'd have friends over in seventh grade and, you know, want to go play some sport in the yard. Right. Or want to we be a very sporty family. Right. Want to be entertained by something, you know, or go, go do something or play a sport. And so there was definitely like a creative flair and it was cool to see, um, you know, and it was, and it was immediate. My first time visiting, I was like, huh. So that's how they do it over here on Cortell. You interesting. And, um, I, you know, I, you grow up the way you grow up and then yep. you don't really like consider, right. uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, 
I guess everybody feels they're weird or different. Probably everyone feels that way. I know I felt that way. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I, I just, I, I recall that. So in sixth, seventh grade, and then, um, um, our, our mutual friend, Danny Trevino, who, mm-hmm. um, who passed away. RIP. Yeah. Um, what a great dude. And, um, yeah, you two together, like I came over to Danny Trevino's house for the first time in probably sixth grade, possibly seventh grade. And he was into, um, the gangster rap. And so, you know, he had two live crew on the earphones cause we listened to it in the silence because, um, we'd get in trouble if we got right. caught listening to it. And he had his, um, his best buddy, Axel. Yep. Down yep. the road. And so these characters, and, and Danny was also <clears throat> a, a really amazing artist. And he was always popping. His brain was working fast. And he could barely Danny get the words. He could a wor- quick motherfucker. Barely yeah. get the words out. You know, he, he would stutter sometimes because yeah. his words came faster than his mouth could even move. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was super neat. And he was into cartoon drawing and comic book art and um and and into the rap and so both of you guys' houses represented that whole different thing going on over here and we went to swifting commons oh yeah hung out in the 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 end of the swifting commons era i used to Um, hang out there a lot as a kid with with danny i guess somewhat and and uh my other friend adam rosenfeld and right they were like the 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 roselawn crew Um, yeah but but uh yeah, man, Danny, man, he he was so his drawings were so precise. He was he was a very clean. He had a real clean line, yeah, real precise. And this is when he was young. I was impressed by um, he was he was advanced for what I was seeing out of my Mount Airy crew. Yeah, I didn't come out with a whole lot of artists in sixth grade. And he was he was he a, a genius kid. I don't know if yeah. you even knew that because I mean he was still smart by the time we went to right. No, CBA, I picked, I picked up like, on it. As a, yeah. Yeah. He was like touted. This is like the genius. Yeah. It's a funny thing. Um, the trajectory yeah. of various characters and definitely, um, you guys were into the art and, and some smart characters over there. And, and then we all get thrown into CBA Cincinnati bilingual Academy where, um, the raw energy of that place was very different than maybe what we were used to. Yeah. They were big, strong dudes fighting a lot of bang, fights, banging and, um, playing killed a man. Yeah. Cause, um, I find that some cultures called it, Schmear the queer, right? We play. We called it kill the man, kill a man, yeah. Um, and kill I, a man. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know if that was something that we learned from from the fellas or what, but but um, I was happy to get five yards and, and kill right. a man. But then some fellas, they were so fast that there was no grabbing them, and if you did, you would rip their starter, and they right. would kick your ass or threaten to right so there was no winning you know even right. if you just held on for dear life you, you were scrappy though yeah. you were a scrappy kid oh. dude i know i i you know we we held, tried to hold your own but i have a memory of playing kill the man with like just balled up paper for some yeah reason. exactly there was no football i think right. footballs were banned yeah and so any object was just thrown in the air and it was a free-for-all scrap to get that what piece a of paper game and then people were running into the poles the metal poles because it was played like in close quarters right. with um on the concrete concrete with a lot of metal around and so there were brutal Ugh. collisions yeah and yeah. then and then there was miss split that would walk through with her big booty i love and her all the brothers would follow her and fake hit that ass and she'd have like 20 fellas behind her and um, ironically, speaking of me as a ski patroller, she took me skiing for the first time in seventh grade. I was there. With, and, and then she took me again with oh, Patrick Branch, her boyfriend. Okay. Oh, that's Just right. Just the two of them and you? Yeah. Nice. And Patrick got hurt and needed ski patrol. He ran into a, a snowblower. You and, were looking and, pretty good and at that And cut moment. his hand and, and, 
and Mrs. Spleet and Doreen goes, Patrick! Aww. <laughs> I, you know, I wondered about her, man. I wonder oh, what she does. She where was, is Doreen? She was a great teacher. Oh, she was the best. I learned, like, everything I know about English and, 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 and grammar and phonics and shit is from her class. Was Doreen Spleet yeah. in seventh grade laying it down. Absolutely. And she was an amazing teacher because here we are, we're at a Simpson Bilingual Academy, and she's like a Puerto Ricano that can teach us English and then help us with our Spanish projects, right. our essays. Right. And so that transition was, that was like the best part of bilingual education, whereas oftentimes the opposite was we would have a teacher who could speak Spanish, so they didn't care if she was very good at geometry because right. she's just going to be your geometry teacher because first and foremost, she speaks Spanish. Senora Arzon, if I wasn't a smart she little dude. On. She oh, got shit on. It was tough. Like, if I wasn't such a she smart dude. She went to with us. Ah, Senora Arzon. Yeah. She likes to party. <laughs> I would not have remembered that name, man. That's wild. See, she was our geometry teacher, and yeah. um, it was tough keeping up because yeah. it, was, it was tough. She was in a, a you know, sharks eating her up, eviscerating oh, yeah. her. These kids were not. I mean, I remember in sixth grade, um, you know, I was in the, the, the program that that was not quite as smart as the... I was a single A. Oh, how single, single A. a. It's still an A, but... And it's still an A, one A, not two A's. Yeah. And I, I remember kids <laughs> would, like, beat up teachers, man. Uh, like, you, straight up. Do you remember... Our, my mom hangs out with our old art teacher, and um, that's Miss Gartenlaub. Oh my God! She changed her name. She she got married again, and so she, that's not her name anymore. But I someone remember, someone cut her. her hair off, so she had like hair down to her ass. Oh man! And someone came up behind her and cut her hair off like up high. That's fucked. Right behind, right before our class, and so that's that, that's assault. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's battery. fucked up, man. Yeah. And so that was big drama. And then the guy with the best name, um, Rodney Stone Street, knocked out Mr. Adams and broke his jaw. That's, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was he was in my that was my right. class. Rodney Stone Street. I never really yeah. knew the kid, but man, he had the name. You know, I, how do you remember this yeah. shit, man? Wow, you got a good memory. I didn't even know the kid. But Mr. Adams, yeah, he was a, like a young teacher. Uh, not not very scrawny guy. Not a whole lot of testosterone. No, in Mr. Not, Adams, yeah. you had to, at that. You had to be. He you was had meek. to have some balls to like stand up to the kids and a little like bit. that. You just have to. You just have to let let people know that you're confident, and you yeah. know what I mean, like. You get ate up if you do, if you're not. Uh, so yeah, there was some there was excitement at CBA. Yeah, no, knocked him out. I think yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, broke his jaw. Broke his jaw. That I remember, I totally remember that. Yeah. I was not there in yeah. the room at that time. I think it actually happened after class. Right. Um, you know when he was getting. And then we had security guards like Mr. Triggs. I remember Mr. Triggs and Miss White. I don't know um, Miss White. The, she was a black woman, and um, and there was. The battles, and the, the weave that was ripped out of people's hair, uh, uh, constantly, was, constantly yeah. fights. Like, and, then, and yeah. then the the kid who got chased the worst was Christian, who ended up being um, Christian Shepley, was um, class of nine eight at Walnut Hills High School for okay. a bit, and he even more than your hair, he really had that Terminator two Edward Furlong. He was, he would get fucked with ah the whole school would be chasing behind I have, him. I have a vague memory. He'd be running around down there in the football field, and there'd okay. be like eighty or ninety kids chasing him. <laughs> he wasn't that fast, and so I yeah. they, were, they were. What was he? What, why did he get fucked with? He he was an alternative looking dude. Okay, and he had long hair, and he and he hung his head to the side. I I and, remember uh, him now. And yeah, he, and he wasn't as tough. He was like you know he looked like an artist. You know, he yeah. kind of had a trench coat almost. Or Right, like, in right, my in right. my memory, right, you know? right. I remember him now, hanging his head. With yeah, the, hair. the big hang. I there. totally remember. Wow, you you got yeah. a good memory with this shit, man. Yeah, man. Um, 
And then there was all the German kids. Yeah, the rivalries we had. Right, Baron Matern. And so he was like my counterpart. It was like Adam Kaplan and Baron Matern and Adam Wiggershouse and Josh Schneider. Right. That was his little German posse. Right. And then, you know, we had... All kind of German, actually. Yeah, exactly. The strong German heritage of Cincinnati sticks together. And Fairview is like the holdout of this whole bilingual program. My little brother went there. Okay. But um, they're like the strongest holdout of all of them. They may have moved their school, I think, over um, up higher up in Clifton but okay but like so the other schools are not there I know I know Pleasant Ridge is not there anymore not in the same way but I do know that um Fairview is still a German education school mm. and I don't mean that there's not a place to get a Spanish education but I'm not so sure that it's my Mount area or your Pleasant Ridge right right but interesting. Uh, interesting yeah because I am um, looking at what's going on with bilingual education in America it's Are now you a big realized. proponent? I, I mean, I yeah. think that was so, oh, so good for us. John Huntsman is a big proponent, and um, he was former governor of Utah, and then he was um, ambassador to China. And so in that time, he now has a program in Utah where there's like maybe you know, several thousand um, Chinese teachers from China um, all over Utah where people are learning a second language because everyone knows now that it helps with the executive function, um, which is basically like the decision-making brain in the front. Where, um, Interesting. And so they thought it would set, back in the 70s, people thought it would set you back trying to learn in two languages. And there will be times where you might not advance as rapidly as a one-language student. But what it turns out is it's stimulating the front of your brain where executive function is developed, and that's a head start. And once you get a head start with that executive function, it can take you so many places. And so, is that like you say, it's decision making? That executive function. Um, there's many things that it controls, and um, and decision making and higher level decisions. Um, that's, and that's why they call it executive function. So some of that um, um, delayed gratification rather than immediate gratification, and all these things are tied into the executive function. So I'm you get that popping. This. I'm not great at all, and this I'm not either. But you get it popping. Bilingual education. Yeah. Oh, well, you get it popping early. And so, you know, the idea where our dendrites are just so looking to make connections and you probably learn to play piano in your youth mm-hmm. when your brain's just such a sponge. And then traditionally we start teaching language as high schoolers when everyone's got all these, you know, hormones right. and their it. brains are getting more cement, even though they can still learn not nearly as well as that five-year-old or that three-year-old. Right. And so my sister's son is, you know, learning Spanish and English from the age of one or zero. Right. And um, I'm a big proponent. And nowadays, um, nearly everyone is. And so people yeah. are always shocked when they hear, oh, you were in a bilingual education in the 80s? Like, yeah. why did you do that? And it's like, I don't know. Cincinnati was ahead of the game. And my was. parents were it's on it. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I, don't, so, I don't even know why my parents decided. I've asked my mom before. And she's like, I don't know. I'm pitching that program. Sounded cool. Yeah. It was yeah. Close, close to the house. And, you know, it was whatever. So, yeah. We fell into a good thing. Yeah. And um, yeah. a lot of people. And then we look around. I have a lot of peers who are Spanish teachers, and you know my sister lives in Venezuela, and so there's so many of our, our peers went that route of Spanish teaching. Yeah. Um, and while I didn't, I, I sometimes feel like I waste my Spanish knowledge in some ways, spending too much time in West Virginia and not traveling enough. But at the same time, it's benefited me greatly, and being able to talk to beautiful women in their native tongue um, always is is awesome. And so it's so much advancing and, and raises your horizons um, yeah. the sooner you learn something outside of your own culture and um, so everyone should get their children um, schooled in multiple languages I agree man I, I think 
I want to learn more languages, in fact. Right. But that's, at this point, it's very difficult. Like it's difficult said. to find the time. And yeah. um, I respect people who, you know, learn to, you know, I, my dad's a musician, yeah. um, like yourself. And it's like I sat there and watched him do that growing up. And I didn't put in the time to become a guitarist. Yeah. You know, I can do like two chords and that's not cool. And thinking about how much it was right in my face. And yet he didn't push and I didn't take. And yeah. um, in hindsight, there's regret over those things, whether it's learning to, you know, work on your car better with your father or not gardening with your mother when you were like five or eight when um then you hit 30 and you realize what like is important in life yeah and very much you end up mimicking those that you might have rejected when you were young and ignorant and not interested do you and feel I, like you, you it seemed to me that your parents were pretty pretty loose about whatever uh did not not super structured in terms of open to you know going to accept your children as they yeah. see fit and recognize them as individuals and not try to push them in any given which way which I think mostly is good mostly is but good but do you, do you regret that they weren't a little more no complaints about how I was raised um, and um, I think they like I said like exposing me to like um, bigger horizons um, I might dog on them for not getting me boating and canoeing and kayaking when I was eight I might tease them about not letting me go caving in West Virginia with Yuri Kim and his big brother when I was a ninth grader. It's like, maybe you should have been focused on getting me out into the outdoors. Maybe I wouldn't have been busy partying indoors, you know? And so there's various times where you're like, you should have given me more freedom and just trusted me. But looking back, there were plenty of other times. Did you get in fights a lot about about partying and drugs use or whatever as as a teenager? Um, Somewhat. My my, my mom would try to be the peacemaker between me and my father. And me and my father's relationship improved once I hit 18 when he wasn't no longer responsible for my well-being or deciding what's um, acceptable in my life. And so we quickly became friends instead of people that might have to challenge one another. And all of a sudden, maybe, um, you know, when you're 15 and 16, you might find yourself not telling the truth or the full truth to your parents. And that's a very compromising position because, um, you know, the truth is very important. But at the end of the day, you might have to choose between the truth and your freedom as, as a young man under 18. Right. And so sometimes there's compromises that could damage a relationship. And only afterward, maybe you can repair it once you're adults and we all can be responsible for ourselves rather than one another. So, That's, so yeah. That'll be what I put on the beginning of the <laughs> um, at, a, at an hour. So... Uh, I remember one story that just came up in my mind, and I don't know if you want me to tell it, but you, you know, you're a kid. You're like 16 years old. <laughs> Probably. I, the way you say that, I might not want you to tell Look, it. Look, man, sure. you're, yeah, the, the, the statute of limitations is <laughs> no, long gone. I just, I just think of it like, um, man, we could have done some ground rules to start the, start the interview. We could have had all kinds of stories. Like, let's, maybe I'll, just, this. I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just say it like this. You like you were in the car with a guy that tried to jack you, and you turn you turn things around on him. Oh, that's not such a bad one, and certainly that's a great story. Well, I mean, I didn't break any laws in re- I didn't even re- hear rejecting that from a jack move. I didn't even hear that from you. I heard that through the grapevine, so I would love to hear that. Just, cause, just right. as a final little thing, because I'm curious. Well, one time, hanging out with different kids, you always trust that everyone's cool because. So, you know, your buddy wouldn't wouldn't be hanging out with somebody that wasn't cool. But sometimes everyone's not vetted, and there might be someone that is just bad news hanging out with one of your friends. And so we were skipping school, hanging out in Coleraine Township, um, up at, up at the apartments, and um, having a good old time. But somebody, somebody, 
Somebody said, hey, I'm going to need a ride out of here in a little bit. And we've been having a good time. And and um, I said, sure, of course, I'll give you a ride. But he left and went down down the road for a minute before before he needed a ride. And he came back and said, yeah, you know, can you drive me up to the up to the store? And when I was heading out, I had no problem giving him and his and his buddy a ride. And I knew the guy in the back seat more. But as soon as we got in the car, it was clear that that something was amiss. And he started trying to tell me that he wanted to see things that I possessed. He wanted. He said, "Let me check that out. Let me, you know, what you got going on." And um, he he was shuffling in his pocket, and clearly something was happening. And then he finally, it was clear he was nervous. He pulled out a small gun. Yeah. And said, "Nah, man. Let me see what you got." And um, and it was one of those moments where I had to pull over the car, and I was rather flustered. But I told him how disappointed I was that he would ask me for a ride and then do this to me. <laughs> and and he, in his nervousness, he looked back to his buddy Jake and he said, I guess he ain't going to give up the shit. And he got out of the car. <laughs> and then um, and then the guy in the back seat, I shook his hand. I was like, I'm sorry, it has to go down like this. Have a good one, Jake. You said and, uh, you, put, you set Jake out of the car too? Or yeah, you, yeah, I dropped them both off on the side of the road. And they got off. In the middle of Manary Forest? No, no, it was over. That was what I heard. Ah, that'd be better. But (laughs) over by Ronald Reagan Highway. Okay. um, Over by the Cross County, by the Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Dropped them off over there by those apartments, and they didn't get their ride to the store. And I was unable to anymore go hang out with that crew because I never knew who knew what. And um, in hindsight, through the grapevine. Because you could have got fucked up. I heard that that was his first jack move. And he got made fun of he because failed. he yeah. failed at his first jack move. I just like that. I, and, I just like that you pulled over and were like, "Listen, I'm really disappointed <laughs> in you. I'm really disappointed in you. I had higher hopes for how you would treat me on this ride than I'm giving you. I cannot. I'm gonna have to ask you to to, to exit, exit the car. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. It wasn't the smartest decision, but it worked you out. You could have got time. shot. It worked out, you know. Time. But as it kid, was clear, he wasn't ready to take it to that level. Sometimes that's what happens, though. Is it's it's you his know nerves. I mean? His nerves could have taken it either way. Exactly, exactly. Well, it worked out for you that time. Yeah, it was and, a lesson uh, learned, and um, yeah, a lesson learned in associations. Yeah, and, um, you got to shadar is a very important yes. um, tool. You know, gadar is mostly worthless, but shadar can um, can be very important in life. Mm-hmm. All right. On that note. I've been sitting here with Austin Bargy at my place in Northside. It's been very nice to catch up. Sorry about the lack of context. No, um, it, it's good. It's it's very good to catch up, and uh, we can hang for a little bit more if you still want to hang. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I'd right, love to hang. Let's, maybe we'll go, go over to the bar, yeah. and we can tell the real stories. <laughs> All right, signing off. Say bye to people. Hey, see you later. It's been nice talking to you guys, and it's an honor to be on The Wandering Wolf. <laughs>
I think that's it. Yeah, the wanderingwolfpodcast.com. Go there, buy uh, buy a t-shirt. If you're not going to see me on the tour, get a Wandering Wolf t-shirt. They're freaking dope. They're really, really, really nice. Designed by my friend Andy Miller. Um, yeah, you'll enjoy that. And get, get some of my music there as well. Um, that's about it. At Yoni Wolf on Twitter to, to uh, know what's what's going on with me when I'm when I'm touring and stuff like that. You can also find my dates on well on the Wandering Wolf Podcast.com as well as on my band's website, why with a question mark.com. That's all spelled out. Why with a question mark. They also have the dates on there. I hope I hope, I hope to see some of you on the road. Come say hi. Tell me you're a listener. It makes me feel good that I'm not speaking into the void out there. Even though I don't mind, I could just speak into the void, and uh, it would do me some good. But yeah, I've been feeling a lot of love lately, so that's good. Feeling it for for everybody and everything, in a way, just inside me and outside me as well. Okay, <laughs> that was my dad's laugh right there. And just go ahead and say it with me if you're there, if you're on the train, you're listening in headphones. People are gonna. Wonder what you're saying, but you'll know what you're saying. Okay. Keep wandering.